Welcome to Simon Says Educate. I'm Simon, your AI host, and I'm here to guide you through the exciting world of teaching and learning at Clover Park Technical College. Together with my human co-hosts, we'll explore the latest trends and best practices in education, bringing you a fresh and engaging perspective on what's happening in classrooms and beyond. Each week, we'll dive deep into the issues that matter most to our community, interviewing faculty members, students, and other thought leaders in the field. We'll discuss everything from the newest teaching strategies and classroom technologies, to the challenges and opportunities of online learning, and the impact of education on students' lives and careers. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired and informed as we embark on this educational journey together. Welcome to Simon Says Educate. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to Simon Says Educate. And today I have instructional technology specialist Charity Davenport, and she's going to be presenting at our OER Faculty Institute, which is August 11th and 12th. So watch Simon Says Educate, that space, and also our LibGuide for more information on that. If you haven't heard about that, uh, please contact us because we're pretty excited about what we're doing this year in the uh, OER Faculty Institute, including Charity Davenport's presentation. Charity, let's let's get down to it. Who are you and how did you get that way? And how did you become an instructional designer? I'm Charity Davenport. I'm an instructional technology specialist specializing in accessibility uh, at Pellissippi State Community College in Knoxville, Tennessee. We also have in a different department in our distance uh, education department, another instructional technology specialist, and her focus is on emerging technologies. How I became an instructional designer, I am one of many former higher ed adjuncts who have decided to go along this path. I was an ESL instructor uh, at the University of Tennessee. Uh, in the English Language Institute for 13 years. Oh, great. And when our international student numbers started to dwindle, it got me a little nervous. And I was thinking, if I don't have a job, what else would I do? And I love technology. I still love education. And that's when I learned that instructional design and technology exists. So it kind of put together my favorite two things, technology and learning. And we had a wonderful benefit at the university that we could basically get a master's for free. So I decided to get a second master's. My first one is in teaching uh, ESL students. And I got a second master's in instructional design and then left (laughs) and came to uh, the community college level. That's fantastic. So we get that we the community college then gets to benefit from ESL instruction, which is all about student support and accessibility, which is also about student support. And I've I've been reading a lot of research on student retention and student support is one of the number one things that increases student retention and support. So that's a, a great background for this work. Tell, tell me a little bit more about your college, uh, the college system. Is it, I, I'm not going to dare try and say it again. Pellissippi. Um, Pellissippi. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yes. um, so we are part of 
the Tennessee Board of Regents, which is kind of the collective entity for all community colleges in the state of Tennessee. We are the biggest community college in Tennessee, and we have four different campuses. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. Right. I work on the main campus, and I also work in Zoom and in the internet <laughs> to right. help bring together everyone from the different campuses. I work in PACE, which is the Pellissippi Academic Center for Excellence. That's our fancy name for our teaching and learning center. And mostly what I do is develop professional development for our faculty uh, to help them learn more about things like student retention. What can we do in the classroom to better support students, help them succeed? And a big part of my role is um, trying to build a culture of accessibility, not only, you know, saying, well, it's kind of the law <laughs> for you to make your courses more accessible, but really emphasizing how it benefits all students, not just your uh, students who come to you with an uh, accommodations letter. Yeah, that's, uh, that's fantastic. It sounds like you guys are, uh, are kind of ahead of the curve there on accessibility. Clover Park, for the faculty at Clover Park who are listening to this, we've just started an accessibility committee and Melissa Medina and myself are the co-chairs on that. So if you're interested in talking to us about accessibility or participating in the committee, be sure and drop me an email. But let's get back to you and, and uh, enough Clover Park commercials. How do you go? You're you've coming from an ESL background, accessibility. How does OER uh, fit into this picture? How did you get started in that? So when I was an ESL instructor, I was very unhappy with our textbooks. It didn't feel like a lot of it was helpful for students. Students did not seem interested in the content. It wasn't what they needed. And I found it to be very inflexible. And um, at that time, also instructors didn't really have any say in what textbook they would be using uh, for that class. And so I went rogue and <laughs> decided I'm going to make my own textbook. And maybe it's already a plug for my presentation. But my presentation is basically how did I go from being dissatisfied with these textbooks to making my own uh, OER textbook and the journey that that was and all the mistakes I made <laughs> so that other people don't make the same mistakes and save much more time than I did. It was a five-year journey from me illegally copy-pasting from different websites or different other textbooks to actually creating something that could have a Creative Commons license and be used everywhere. That's that's fantastic. And this is this is exactly what the OER Faculty Institute is about is bringing faculty together with other faculty and sharing the the wisdom and pitfalls of uh, content development. So what about accessibility and OER? Do you do you see any connections in that or how does that how do those play together? Well, I I feel like my entire ethos has always been I guess because of my name, Charity, <laughs> is how can I help all of my students in every kind of situation that they're in? So for my ESL students, 
their goal was to go to an American university, but they didn't have the language skills. They most definitely had the content knowledge. They were super smart, but they couldn't really communicate that because, well, they could communicate it in Spanish or Arabic or Chinese, but they needed to learn English in order to access an American college. So that was important to me to kind of help unlock the the language accessibility uh, in my classes. Um, with OER, I as I started to see like I'm photocopying from all these different books and taking from these websites, and I thought, this is okay for me now in my class, but I don't want to put all this work into something that only my 15 students this semester in this class are going to benefit from. I want this to be something that anyone around the world can access and not only access, but they can edit to their own student needs. Since that was my initial problem, I didn't want to make an inflexible <laughs> textbook yeah. for someone else. Yeah, great. And then when I was in my master's program for instructional design, uh, one of my instructors was Dr. Eric Moore, who's really kind of, I think he's pretty famous when it comes to uh, universal design for learning uh, and accessibility. And that's kind of where I got the accessibility bug because it pulled in all of those pieces together. Financial access, non-native speaker access, cultural access. And so then that's where I got super involved into uh, accessibility. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I the Eric Moore uh, is, uh, I just ran into some of his work in a Libra text book, one of Delmar, Lar Delmar Larson's mm -hmm. books, who's also going to be at the uh, OER Faculty Institute. So speaking of the Faculty Institute, what's the 30-second uh, elevator pitch on mm -hmm. your presentation? Why, why are people going to go? I think I, I think I've got some ideas about why I'm excited about it already, just from our discussion, but just by way of wrapping up, why, why should people go to your presentation? Well, super quickly, I was inspired to make this kind of proposal because I've been to a lot of OER conferences or educational conferences that talk about OER and how great OER is. And I feel like everyone knows how good it is, but there's always something lingering in the background of how much time is this going to take me? Or where do I even start? I don't even know what to do. And there's not a lot of like kind of case studies or people talking about their OER journey. Right. And so I really wanted to have some way to share my experience and how I learned about OER and my, my journey because it's probably very different from other people. I think a lot of people try to get a grant to make an OER textbook, and then they're like, okay, what is OER? <laughs> right. And I kind of did the opposite. I got a grant after uh, my textbook was created. Nice. And so I just wanted to share my experience and hopefully make it something much easier for other people to jump into. That's fantastic. That's one of the things I'm excited about is... Um, anything that you can tell us about how to save faculty time um, is going to be is going to be solid gold. So really appreciate that. 
Um, well, Charity, we look forward to uh, seeing you at the OER Faculty Institute. Um, we really appreciate you taking the time today to participate in our podcast. And for those of you listening out there, the OER Faculty Institute is August 11th and 12th. So watch this space for more information. Thank you for having me. And that wraps up another insightful episode of Simon Says Educate. Thank you for joining us today as we delved into the fascinating world of teaching and learning at Clover Park Technical College. We hope you've enjoyed the conversation and gained valuable insights to inspire your own educational journey. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Remember to join us again next week as we continue to explore innovative strategies and share inspiring stories from the CPTC community. Until then, I'm Simon, your AI host, reminding you to never stop learning and growing. Take care, and see you next time on Simon Says Educate.